Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode. I am your host Adrian Allen and today I'm going to be talking to a man from Kilkenny who is good on the road, good in the saddle, uh, (laughs) questionable under a high ball, but we're going to find out if if he's any good with a stick in his hands. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to a good friend of mine who I met in Thailand a couple of years ago. Stephen, what's the crack? Hey, Edo, thanks for having me on. Absolutely humbled to be here in your presence. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I suppose you. Um, there hasn't been too many people I've been able to humble just yet. So, uh, no, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you taking the time and... You know, we we've had uh, we've had lots of chats over the last couple of years, and we've gotten to know each other pretty well, even though we have been um, distanced. We're having yeah, a long yeah. distance relationship, and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been good to to see what you've been doing, and obviously, um, you know, obviously, this is why you're here to to talk about all the things that you have achieved and that you have learned since we last met in Thailand. But look, I want you first of all just to introduce yourself, let people know who you are what you do, and, uh, yeah, basically where you are at the moment. Jeez, I have to I have to ask myself them questions a lot of the times. It's hard to do it in public. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I suppose uh, Stephen Murphy is my name. I'm 31. I suppose I've only been into fitness, endurance of sorts, the shallow end of endurance, and just challenged myself really since Thailand in 2018 was, was the start of it. But since then... I suppose last year was my greatest feat. I cycled around Ireland, so three and a half thousand kilometers around the coastline of Ireland on my bike that I didn't know if I could cycle in my tent that I didn't know would stay <laughs> up. But everything came together and we made it around. And I suppose I uh, I constantly be trying to push myself with marathon PBs. Yesterday I had a half marathon, did it in one one hour twenty one. Uh, so it's uh, small small battles and big battles, but we get through them all. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, it's. Um, I was just talking to a friend of yours while you go. You might know him, <laughs> Shane Finn. I think I, I don't know. I think I, I, I think, my friend. <laughs> I, I think I think I'll I think I'll be mentioning him every day. But uh, yeah, I had a little technical issue. I had to ring him straight away. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> but uh, so the the main thing is here. Um, I met. Uh, I'll take you through where I met Stephen, and like I said, I've known him for the last couple of years, and to see how far he's come has been. Uh, it's been inspirational stuff and I take my hat off to him what he's done and like I can't wait to get through this like the the, the crack in this podcast is going to be epic like I can't wait to get through it and uh so the main thing is or the first thing is um I got where I met Stephen I was coaching at unit 27 in Thailand a gym and uh just so happens to be that a lot of people had come to the gym and the, the gym like I said is unit 27 and I suppose what I want to ask you Stephen is like I didn't know who you are before that. It's like I didn't know a lot of people. I didn't know what a lot of people did. I didn't know why a lot of people... Well, I knew why people would have come to, to Thailand to do a fitness holiday. I had been through a couple of them myself. But the first thing, I suppose, was, can you, can you just talk to me about what was it that took you to Thailand and how we found each other, basically? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Like, how I ended up in Thailand, I really don't know. I know subliminally I would have been guided there as such. But, like, I googled fitness holidays absolutely unaware of what I was looking for I was just looking to be inspired by something or looking to change up my life or level up or just break the cycle I was in and I was just out of a relationship I wasn't taking it well and I just said fuck it I'm going to Thailand I'm booking this I'm not telling anybody I'm just booking it not getting anybody's opinion and heading off it's going to be my adventure if I last a day if I last a month who knows? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I went over and landed in the airport, got a taxi out to Phuket to the side. And then I was like thinking I was going to be the only Irish lad out there. I'm going to be like, geez, I'm going to be exotic here. Will anybody even speak English out here or anything? And well, bye. <laughs> Adrian Allen there at the top of the hill. I couldn't couldn't meet any more, more anyone more welcoming or uh, I suppose uh disguised a, f- a friend a, a foe in disguise once the training started but uh like i said about the first training session like uh landed on the first day she thought i was the right lad booked in for a session went up to you up in the yard uh, and, and uh yeah got sick for about two hours after it and thought this is the start of it now 
I actually that day and like you know I've I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot a lot of people in Thailand and people that come in and a lot of people I don't get to know personally you know there's the group like you know yourself the classes can be 30 40 people and we run eight nine classes a day so it's hard to get to know everyone but obviously when an Irish person comes in you have this little a little soft spot oh that's me. it it's just like a brother <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'll just I'll just take you by the hand and come in now like Stephen, yeah. like I suppose to give context to Stephen, when when I did meet him in in the yard, the yard is an open gym. It's it's an open gym that has a cage around it. Okay, and there's yeah. there's only space for about eight people inside this, and there's room <laughs> for about eight people outside of it, and then there's probably room for eight more. The class, the yard is actually a pretty small class, but uh, yeah, it'd be I more re- more fitting as a dog run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I remember I remember clearly it was this guy coming up to me. And like, I wouldn't say you're a man of muscle, but he's no. a, he's, he's a, he's a guy that looks like that he's into running or he looks like that he, you know, he's come here like everyone else on a fitness holiday. And, you know, once I get to know people, I get to ask them the questions of like, okay, why, how long are you here for? Where have you come from? The usual questions. And, you know, some people have come from Australia. Some people have come from wherever else. And then like people have come it's kind of when you hear that someone has come straight out of Ireland to to this it's like oh it's usually a lot of people that have come from Australia just for a holiday but you had certainly come to you had come out from Ireland so like you said I suppose you you're trying to you're trying to find not find yourself but you needed something to kind of motivate you or push you or find something that was going to kind of give you your fire back so what was it I suppose that you found how, how long were you in Thailand for and what was the first week of Thailand like? Because the first week is usually the make or break point for a lot of people. Yeah, I, well, I, went, for a, <coughs> I went for a month. So I signed up just under the length that I'd have to get a visa and apply for a visa. So, uh, yeah, I went out through Dubai and went and, like I said, went by myself. Didn't know anybody there. Hadn't arranged to meet up with anybody when I get there. It was completely jump first and learn to fly on the way down. That's what I was saying. I was like, you know, I've lasted 30 years today. I've never been without a bed of some sort or I've never woke up the next day. So, you know, there's no need to fucking worry, you know, be excited rather than nervous. And I went in with an open mind, not knowing what I was going to expect or to be honest, I completely underestimated the level and intensity of training that we were going to be doing. <laughs> um, and I suppose you go on the first day and it's like a, it's like the discos back in school where you'd all be standing at different different sides and you know might be might be trying to roll in my arms under my biceps there and make <laughs> them look make them look like they're actually apt for the for the job at hand but uh mm. i suppose going through a struggle whether it be with mental health or whether it be fitness or career wise whatever it is you find unity in it and in unit 27 like although you go alone and you start off alone by god even by the end of that first training session or two you've made a friend you've made a friend in the depths of hell (laughs) like going through some of them um workouts but i suppose then like the whole thing is it's like eat sleep train repeat that's literally what it is and i suppose being united through the training through the food through through the resting like through the resting that during the day you just have to go to a, a hotel lie by the pool it's a prescription to have a good time when you're not training it's just such a great lifestyle and um yeah you wouldn't be long making friends going over yeah and this is the thing um i want this is probably one of the biggest messages i do want to send to people is when i first heard about the Sai, the Sai is the name of the street so soi it stands for street in thailand and when i first heard about it and you see, well, the guy that I met that had told me, I met a guy in New Zealand in 2013 and he said he had been to Thailand and my eyes had lit up. I was like, and I'd seen pictures of him and he was ripped and everything else. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, is this where we have to go to get fit? And you kind of, you know, our, our vision of Thailand, well, my vision of Thailand anyway, was like partying, Bangalore Road, ping pong shows. <laughs> you name yeah. it it was like it was, it was far, my my vision of thailand was far away from a gym setting on a street yeah. where like all we're going to do is train and eat and you know train and eat and get fit basically but the street is like two kilometers long 
there's it's a straight road two cars can barely pass up this street and like it's in the middle of basically in the middle of nowhere there's nothing really else around there's there's like there's buildings and stuff but the beach is 15 20 minutes away Bangalore road is 30 to 40 minutes away so you're away from the party scene so this is the good part yeah. about it and uh i suppose like when when people come out they're they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Now, to give people a bit of context to Unit 27, um, that's where I worked for, for three years. And this is basically why I've started the podcast, because I have met so many amazing people. And it's just like I need people need to hear their story. You know, it's just fantastic. So, you know, I don't know anyone when they come up to me in the gym. Like you get to know them. Like if you're there for a week, I probably won't get to know you. If you're there for two weeks, I begin to see you. You're there for a month. I definitely get to know who you are. By six weeks, you're absolutely like you are smoking it. Like it is unreal. Then there comes about an eight week stage where people are getting a little bit carried away and they're getting a little bit jittery and they're like, how yeah. much more of this can I do before? Like I need, I need to get my yeah. life back in order. But um, I suppose, yeah, when once you started and you did your, your first class, like what was the feel? Like you had the feeling of you're making friends and so forth. But to go there by yourself, was that a big was that a big like jump for you? Like, did you have the confidence in meeting people and so forth? It was because when you, the minute you land there, you're a clean slate. Like whatever you're after coming from, whatever hurt you've been suffering from, whatever, like whether it be any kind of a breakdown in your life, once you get there, you're back to neutral. You know, nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows where you came from. Nobody gives a fuck if you're crying in the evening over your ex-girlfriend <laughs> back home. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you can go cry by yourself in the evening if you want, but turn up for training. But uh, but like that, it's just, it's an exploration of yourself by describing yourself to people and, I suppose, building connections. You really realize the fundamentals of who you are and what you are and then through the brain, through the training and getting rebuilt it is rebuilding yourself emotionally, physically, mentally, um, and building that resilience. Like to think of the person I was leaving Thailand to the person I was getting there, it's completely different. And that all started from day one, from signing up to the program, from going with the flow, turning up every day. Because like you don't have to turn up to the first training sessions. You could, you could go to the first one or two, and you could disappear to your hotel room and not be seen by the rest of it but once you contribute and once you get into the community it catches you like the claws reach out the tentacles reach out and pull you in and you're just immersed in it and i suppose a big thing to point out was that why i went was i was i didn't want to go on a drinking holiday and i started to explore it's mental and maybe it's just an irish thing but i was like i actually had to google research what holidays you can have without drinking so i could as easily be a, a buddhist monk here talking to you after going to a silent retreat there for a month but uh it didn't because end up like that way. these uh there there's no holidays like where you actually just can't go and not drink you know not in our not in our line like of, of sight you know i think that's been no, the case for no yeah. it's like yeah we all think that like it is a case of okay if i go on holidays because we're all not all i keep bringing myself back that i can't can't paint everyone with the same brush but for myself, especially, is like, okay, when we're 18, we go to Santa Panza. When we're 19, we're going to go to Turkey. When we're 20, we're going to go to Ayanapa. When we're, you know, and this is the cycle, like, and it's like, yeah, yeah. It, it's always back around. And it's like, okay, can we get 10 lads? Can we get 15 lads? Can we get the, the 300 euro uh, price? <laughs> you know, the 50 euro oh, deposit. Stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ev- everyone paid the deposit and then they can't, John, then we can't afford the 300 dollars and yeah. 300 euros. You and the lads make it home as schedule. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so like basically the start of it was where we met was in Thailand and, you know, we could go on about Thailand all day in fairness. But what what I do want to talk about is the experience. Obviously, you you said it like it set you up. It like it probably installed a massive belief system in you. And I think it does that to a lot of people. And that's the power. Like I wouldn't be where I am today only that I found that place in 2013. And, you know, and and then I decided that, okay, I'll go back and I'll work. And then maybe something might happen that I can come back. At least I know I found something. I have mm. I have hit gold here. This is good. Yeah. Like I can I can I can be here. I can not drink. I can train like like a lunatic. When I say train, 
we didn't train we exercised <laughs> i exercised yeah, yeah. hard do you know what i mean it's like there yeah, was no training oh, yeah. it was like like you couldn't you couldn't write the stuff that we were putting together or making people do it was like mentally mental resilience training and i didn't even know it like yeah like so. even i suppose so yeah some of the workouts we were doing like to think back now how we did them and how we got through them and how in the space of a month like four weeks say on on the fourth week i was doing the advanced classes which like you know i just thought like i'd never be in them in the first or second week but it's amazing when you condense your learnings how quick and compound them how quick you can adapt and adjust and improve and advance like it's it's phenomenal the turnaround in that short space of time but it's by immersing yourself in it and by like we're saying like maybe that is precious on your phone or you just want to be living in the present when you're over there like you don't really give a fuck about what's going on at home or like the one never once when i was over there did i check my bank balance was i checking my emails <laughs> was i on social media seeing what else was doing because when you're trailblazing and like you know it's it's not bigotry to say but when you're trailblazing you don't really care what other people are doing like you know it's only in moments of weakness that like you'll check in on your friends you'll check in on your family but like scrolling mindlessly through instagram is just is just cancerous in so many ways because you're only comparing yourself to others when really all you want to be doing is go out and do yourself proud every day and that was the thing with the training sessions yeah. that you go out there and like the best thing about feeling like you're going to die is knowing <laughs> you're not dead yet and you can just stay going that bit more. Or like, you know, like where else would you just open a two liter bottle of water after a training session and just install it into your mouth and don't take it out until it's gone? Like it's, and, and it's the danger, simple things. The danger, the dangerous thing about it is that some people will come in and they'll drink the two liters of water before the training session. And like to, <laughs> yeah. to put this, put this into perspective, the gym is a shed. It's an open shed that we are training in and that we're working out. No one is wearing t-shirts. Like it is a little, it is daunting for like, it must be for anyone new coming in. It was for me in my first time in there, yeah. but half the people aren't wearing clothes. You're lucky if you wear a pair of shorts and you go back to your pool and you jump into the pool with your shorts on, you hang them out and they go back on again later on because you know, there's, there's no need for t-shirts and singlets <laughs> and uh, workout gear because it gets ruined. And like exactly, the class, yeah. even though the class is held inside in this shed, it's half of it is outside on the road where you're being abused and like you the class is set up in a way that it's indoor and before you know it you're outside and you haven't you're not back in the gym for 20 or 30 minutes you know yeah so and how much like, how much crack would it be for the locals to be seeing it like you know that you might be carrying a log up the road or you might be doing bear crawls down along the road or like some of the team exercises like you know i know it's actually when you said when you said there it's just a shed i was like Jeez, it actually was just a shed. <laughs> like it seemed like so much more. It seemed like a coliseum of sorts, like you know, like with it all is. the different challenges in all the different places. Uh, uh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, yeah, this yeah. this is where we met anyway. And again, I knew we'd we'd probably deep dive into that, but I I did want to give people a good feeling for it, you know, because when things reopen, fitness holidays or what, I think a lot of people might need, you know, if we can get around. So basically, that's that's where we met anyway. Now. I suppose, Stephen, tell me what, when you left, um, you know, and we get, I suppose there's, there's a bit of a gap uh, that might need a little bit of filling before we get to the, to the cycle of where you cycled yeah. around Ireland. So what is it you did uh, before you were, you planned the cycle? What, what happened that you went home and what you did? Yeah, before? Well, I suppose I remember I unlocked, I unlocked something with running when I was over in Thailand and a lot of it was actually to do with you yourself, Adrian. I remember one evening there and and the same again, it's like like some of the best things I learned was when I went back to the gym in the evening time, when there's maybe private sessions going on or one-to-one uh, -one training, and when you could actually have proper conversations with people outside of the general loop. And you told me about running, well, first of all, listening to David Goggins, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is an experience yeah. in itself, but uh, about listening to David Goggins and going running your first marathon. And I said, first of all, I said to myself, geez, I could never run a marathon. But then when I kind of analyzed your process and your progress, I said, I could run a marathon. <laughs> and that evening, after speaking there, I said I'd go for a little run that evening. And I looked up at Big Buddha up on the hill. And I don't know, is it 10 kilometers from the side? 
Yeah, it's 10 kilometers with a four kilometer incline. Yeah, I just said, what's stopping me right now from running up to that big Buddha? And by myself, it was dark. I just took off up the hill like like Jesus without having to be marched up the hill with the cross. <laughs> <laughs> if he went of his own accord. I just went up and I just said, what's stopping me from getting to the top? What's stopping me from getting to the next bend? What's stopping me from putting one foot in front of the other to get another step up? And I got up there and I got back down and it was a half marathon. It ended up yeah, in 21 kilometers. Yeah. And I said, I'm onto something here. So when I got home from Thailand, again, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a anticlimax coming home. And like, you know, you're in the fittest shape of your life, like being exotic as I was coming back to Ireland, having a, a full tan, like I say, <laughs> a tan between my toes, even nonetheless, like, yeah. you know, fully tan coming home. Like, you know, it, it took strength and resilience not to slip coming home or not to think that it was just Thailand that made that happen. It's internal what was made happen. So I wanted to apply that to other things. So I signed up to my first marathon and, um, well, I signed up to my first marathon, Dublin marathon two weeks before it yeah. and I went out, but I, yeah, but I got through it. It was tough. Now it's when they say a, a, a marathon only start, starts at about 20 miles or 30 kilometers. It's no lie. I thought I was flying it and it took every bit of strength and resilience and everything I'd learned to get me to that finish line. But it was the start of realizing that it's the first step, the first kilometer, the first weight you lift, the first page of the book you open. That's where the importance lies in an overall project or achieving anything. Like I always think with race days, when it comes to race days, you're only collecting what you've earned. And that's I just try to be better every day. Try to try to create positive behaviors that looped upwards rather than the negative behaviors that I'd fed into before. Um, and I suppose just to re realize your potential and your self worth, and just to do do every day what makes you proud of yourself in the short term and in the long term. And by building on that. I saw my ability to rise to these challenges and it's powerful. It's a powerful thing. And it is. And it's like, it's great to see the progress that, that you have made. And this is, it is the power of, you know, you, you know what you're capable of now. Like you, 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 you put a block in Thailand, you laid a block, you did, you did a run up to big Buddha. That's another block. And you're like, you're building that confidence that like, Jesus Christ, like two months ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this. But the truth is if you didn't start back then and you didn't lay the brick and you didn't take the action, then you would never be in that position where you are to be. You know, it's it's building confidence, I think, you know, and the self-belief that you can you can actually do these things. And like, you know, we we we'll say we'll talk about, but like to run a marathon and like you don't do things in half measures. This is why I like you. You know, it's 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 beyond it's beyond reckless what this man does sometimes, but that's why I like him. And I don't care if people think that's not the right thing to do things. It's it's like, you know, it's just, I love people that do things the way you do. But obviously I can see you've got smarter. You know, we get away with stuff yeah. for so long, but you've definitely got smarter. <laughs> but it was the same. It was the same with me. I would have been reckless as well. And I would have been proud of being reckless, but I didn't know. We Like we're only, we're only working with the tools that we're given. And we think that's the right thing to do at the time. You know, if you knew, if you knew that you should have been doing a training program for your marathon, you would have done it. You know, and it would have made sense, yeah. like, you know, but we we think, no, look, I'm capable of doing this, like mentally, I know. And that's where you do kind of come across that uh, brick wall in a marathon. And it's like, shit, I really I really didn't want to hit this. But it, without hitting that wall, you don't really learn anything from it. But once you get away with no. an injury free, that's that's the main thing. But I suppose so, like after that marathon, then was it a case of more running or did you kind of settle back in? And then was it a case of like you started getting on your bike a little bit more or was there another no, reason it was, to the it was it was trying as many new experiences as I could because I always thought growing up, I was like, I remember my mother used to say to me, I used to be very heavy as a child and as a teenager, and I always carried weight. And it's something that I'd love to be able to go back and tell my child self that, you know, that someday you're going to do great things. You know, you're going to do amazing things. Just stick with it. But um, uh, what was the question again? Sorry. No, I was saying that. So no, but like I think that's I want I want to speak to you about that. And I had seen that 
about say you being overweight as a kid and I like I can mm. relate to that and it's not easy there is that self-doubt and it's like how much pressure we put on that that kid like when we're younger to be like you know sometimes I ask myself did I become a fitness instructor because I I never wanted to feel that way or I don't want my kids to feel that way it's how I feel so am I going to yeah. lead by example now so that I'm I can't believe I'm saying when I have kids yeah <laughs> but it's like but it's not even about that it's, yeah it's about like reaching out being able to help the kids maybe like you know yeah. there might become a and point that you know you don't have to be a piece in somebody else's puzzle like like you know growing up in ireland everything's about gaa like it's either gaa soccer or rugby otherwise you're not sporty or it's not for you or you know go read books or go play computer games there's something for everybody that's the thing and like i wouldn't do anything i'm not enjoying like with the running i know people find it hard to fathom but I love just going through that pain zone with the running, you know, just writing a check that you don't think is, no, not that, writing a check that on paper you can't cash, but like, Jesus, you need that to go through, like, you know, yeah. like talking, talking big talk before the race. And like, even yesterday I ran a half marathon and I aimed to do it in one twenty-five. and that one hour 25, I was really hopeful of doing it for that. And I put it up publicly that that's what I was aiming for. Yeah. I'd planned for months and like Shane would probably kill me if it didn't go well, but like, yeah. like planned for months, had the plan written out within the first 500 meters, I changed the plan. And I was like, yeah. right, instead of pacing myself, I'm just going to run hard at the start <laughs> and try not to like, you know, try to avoid embarrassment after that and did it in one twenty one, one twenty one fifty seconds. And I'm like, if you don't take them risks, if you don't take, We'll say calculated risks yeah. just to make myself sound intelligent. But if you don't take them, you'll never push yourself harder. Or, you know, you have to like going to Thailand or like going on the cycle. Sometimes you just have to not put other people's opinions into the pot yeah. and just think to yourself, do you have it in you? Uh, have a plan A, a plan B. And when you're on your plan B, maybe come up with a plan C. <laughs> but like, you know, it is. It is. there's nothing we can't do. And that's that was the thing about Thailand and the training in Thailand as well. Yeah. You realize like, you know, I think this it's all comes, in your head. This comes to the part of like, if, you're, if your goals don't scare you, then your goals aren't big enough. Or if you don't set big enough True. goals yeah. that scare you, you know, your goals aren't yeah. big enough. Like your, your goals should scare you. It's not that you would fail, but you need to like... Obviously, maybe not for a beginner, don't set an unrealistic goal. But as you get yeah. more into it and you get in tune with yourself and you know what you're capable of, then the goals have to be, you have to move the goalposts because there's no point, like if you've done something before, doing the same thing again isn't going to grow you as a person. Like, you know, you have to be... No, and I think that's the thing. Like, you know, it's when people ask what's next and you probably get it a lot after a challenge, people ask what's next or are you going to do a more extreme version of the same discipline? It's very hard to know because I think, like all of us, we can just get inspired or intrigued by something very quickly and take a notion to try a completely different discipline. And that's the excitement of it. Like, I suppose there's going to be a day where we all look back as old people and look back at what we did do, what we didn't do, what we could have done. Yeah. But I think we'll just look back when we're older and think, geez, our powers were endless. We didn't even realize, like, you know, we thought we were trailblazing. We thought we were pushing, pushing at 100 percent. We weren't. And yeah, like, no. that's something to be cognitive all the time. There is. And there's like there's so much potential that we have in us. And, you know, I think we're seeing bits and pieces like you're seeing bits of it in yourself. And you're like, how much more do I have to give? And, you know, I think this is what people people are looking for. Everyone is looking for that same feeling. And it is a case of just starting. But I suppose that brings us to like we we call it break the cycle, the journey. Yeah. The journey on the bike. So I uh, an insight into it. I get a, a call from Stephen one day and uh, <laughs> not not that I have any cycling and experience or anything, but he, he comes in, he has an idea and it's like I'm going to cycle around Ireland. I'm going to get on my bike and I'm going to cycle around Ireland. I'm going to do it for charity for Chuck, Chuck, Tom, who I'm going to get you to explain about what they do and so forth. But can you just take me to the start of that cycle? What What was the why? Why Why is it you were going to cycle around Ireland by yourself on a bike that you had never cycled before and basically do what you were going to do and not really take what others were telling you on, like, on board too much? Because there was a lot of doubt in what you were actually capable of. Yeah, <clears throat> I suppose it started off as I kind of 
felt a lot of pressures on me from different angles. Um, I say I was, I was alone. Like I was lonely at the time. I was after losing my job at the start of COVID. I was after having to move home to my parents' house at the age of 30 and go back into kind of an infant state as such. And it's kind of, I suppose the embers were burning there. And I said, if I don't light a fire out of these embers quick, it could go out. Like, and I just started thinking and the mind just started wandering to what I could do. What could I do that would blow my mind, that would blow all my expectations and I figured I did the ring of Kerry cycle the year before and I got a lend of a bike off my friend and this bike is fancy, fancy bike. And I used to come back to it at the stops on the ring of Kerry cycle and lads would be looking at their bike and they'd be like, Oh, lovely bike. I'd be like, Oh, thanks. It's not mine. And they'd look me up and down from head to toe and go, Oh, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I was caught from that and that never left me. So I went and I bought the bike after cycling at once around the Ring of Kerry cycle and finding out that I could. We cycled 170 something kilometers that day. Finding out that I could cycle, I said, out of imposter syndrome, I said, I'm buying this bike. I'm going to own this flashy bike. So if I meet these kind of lads again, they say nice bike. I'll be like, yeah, it's mine. (laughs) (laughs) Stubbornness. But yeah, yeah. But I suppose it was through journaling that really got me started. It was really kind of channeling my thoughts. And I one day I had the idea, it just came into my mind, um, what about a cycle around Ireland? And I thought, oh, maybe it's 700 kilometers around Ireland. I was like, it's definitely less than a thousand kilometers around the coast of Ireland. And I looked it up and did a bit of research. And I was like, fuck, it's three and a half thousand kilometers around the coast of Ireland. And I said, but don't let it deter you. Just leave it, leave it, leave it mother. And, uh, yeah, eventually I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. But I didn't tell anybody. And I started putting a plan in place. And the first thing I did was bought a bottle of travel soap for €1.50. I bought it off Amazon, little travel soap that you could wash your hair, your body with. And that was the seed. That was the investment in the plan. I was like, right, you're in now. And I was like, I was like in the prison films when you see the wardens pass and everybody's in bed and then... Once a warden passes, they're up and they're mining out to make a breakout. I was making a breakout of a fucking situation I was in. And I was mining away in the nighttime. There was these parcels coming. People asked me, oh, what do you have to get in the post? Nothing, nothing. And <laughs> having like travel tents, bags for the bike. You know, and it was, it was amassing at an enormous rate. I was looking up routes. I was planning routes around. I was trialing the equipment. Like the cycling was the last thing to kind of be tended to which sounds mad like people are like to me oh you must have a lot of experience beforehand i had fuck all experience i went out one day on the bike did 116 kilometers i was like yeah i think i could do this day after day and put the bike to the side kind of and focused on the equipment the gear and that but before i knew it i was at the start line down in kinsale on a foggy wet rainy morning and i was sitting there two of my friends about to set me off and and it's important actually to say that i didn't tell until Seven days, I think, before I left, I didn't tell a soul about this. I'd worked with the charity coming up close to it, but I hadn't told a single person because this was for me. This was by me, for me. And nobody was going to change my trail of thought on it. I was so focused, so linear on the fact because even when I did tell people, they tried to talk me down. And it's it's only out of trying to protect me. But there was no stopping me from going for this. And I got up on the bike, not knowing what was going to be in store for me with my tent, all my gear and equipment on a road bike, which isn't the done thing. And yeah, so I left from Kinsale that morning and that was the start of a 30 day adventure of a lifetime. Yeah. So you, uh, it is, this is the thing, like you, when you did start and you had this plan to, you know, to, to get around Ireland and you, you probably had an idea in your head of like, you know, the distance you know how many days you probably had set your days and then you had broke it down, you know, because it does, there's, you can't look at the end goal. It's like everything. It's like I have to do day yeah. by day. You can't predict the weather. You can't predict what how the bike oh. will play up. Like, you know what I mean? If you get flat wheels, if the bike breaks down, what you're going to do. So I suppose you, you took off anyway from Cork. Now, we won't stop everywhere, but we'll stop in a few locations. So I want to give people like yeah. the, the journey around. So uh, you, 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 you took off. Talk, talk me through the first week nice and quick. 
so I went from, I started in Kinsale in Cork. I started in Kinsale because I wanted to finish in Kinsale. And I went up to, say, the route I took was up along the Wild Atlantic Way. So up along the west of Ireland, yeah. over the north, around, yeah, around the north, and then back down the east coast and back down again to Kinsale. But uh, I suppose I got a rough awakening starting down in Kerry because, <laughs> my God, I had I had 25 kg as well as me on the bike. Say I'm yeah. under 75 kg and I had 25 kg of luggage on the road bike. And I only I only put stuff onto the bike the way it made sense to me. Yeah. And, you know, like it's so funny because people were telling me you can't put luggage on the bike. I was like, I was asking people for their help and they're like, no, you can't put luggage on that kind of a carbon freight bike. I was like, I'll find somebody else that'll help me. And, you know, like yeah. just fucking just absolutely knuckle knuckle dragged me way to the start line. But uh, as, as soon as I got out, I realized it was like it was like when I landed in Thailand, it was like, right, you're on the way now. You know, yeah. you've put exactly. in the hard work. You've started like that first step, even though you're one percent of the way there, you're ninety nine percent of the way there at the same time, because I wasn't going to stop. Like I knew if I'd fallen off that bike, if I'd had an accident, if something had happened outside of my control, I'd feckin' buy a bike off Dundee and get onto that. I'd uh, walk. If I had an accident, I would have had a wheelchair. I would have got around Ireland no matter what. So, you know, it was only a matter of following the route. And it was great because the route was keep the seat to my left the whole way around. Stick to the coast roads as you go. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a plan. I think this is the thing like when, when we were talking very earlier on very earlier on when this was happening because you had reached out to me and you know I was like well I, I can't really give you advice I'm just like you just better be careful and you know yeah like bef- before I know it then I get this picture in, in my phone or I get a, a picture message from from my mother or, or I had seen it somewhere and you can you can you can tell us a bit about that because it caught me like completely on the hop and yeah I, it was it was I suppose it was the time and clarity like I don't know what it is about my cognitive ability but it's I never think things through as clearly as when I'm on the bike or when I'm running it just unlocks something inside of me but just to do nice things for people that are helping you out along your way. And when I was up near Valley Bunyan, I knew sure Lixna is only down the road. <laughs> and I'd be talking to you and all. And I said, I wonder could I track down Adrian Allen's mother? <laughs> like you were in Australia. <laughs> and uh, I was like, fuck it. I wonder could I find her without her knowing? And sure, I knew her name was Catherine. And sure, I found her on social media. And sure, I was like, sent her my number. And I was like, there's no point in even explaining what this is about now. Just give me a call. And <laughs> sure, she was going out doing something. I think she was going shopping or whatever. And, uh, and so I was like, listen, you can't ask questions. You just need to get down to meet me at Bally Bunyan. It'll all explain itself. And should have poor crater, she bought into it. Or I think out of fear, well, she brought your brother as well. So yeah. she wasn't entrusted me too much. Tom, <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, Tommy was with her. And uh, like, you know, when I, when, when someone does something for you like that unexpectedly, you know, you don't want, you, you never ask anyone to do anything like for you or like, but such a simple thing of like, you know, you might even see it like when, if someone, when a guy goes to meet a, a friend's parents or something like it, there's just such a nice gesture in it. And like, when I received that message, man, I, I actually was like fucking half emotional and you know, it's just simple things like, and you know, and this is why we're friends, I'm sure is because we, we yeah. love to see each other doing well and you obviously have something in you that's like, okay, this will be a nice thing to do. And it honestly, like, and I'm, I honestly, I'm going to thank you for doing that. You know, it was, it was really nice oh, because we man. don't, we don't get to see our parents too often, but to see someone make the effort to go out of their way, cycle around to, <laughs> basically close to the house and uh, you know, to, to do that in the way you thought about that. Like it was, it was honestly very, I'm very, very grateful for it. I, and like it, it just shows like what a true, absolute gentleman that you are and i i do really appreciate thanks, it thanks man but i suppose then you um once you were gone from Kerry, then it was like okay up up the coast you need to you need to get going and you had set yourself a target of five thousand euros for charity for chuck for chuck chum now can you explain the charity to me and like i know you had reached that goal well before you even had probably hit Kerry. yeah sure i like the day before i left on the cycle i was emotional and flustered and trying to organize everything by myself was a huge huge task and 
I suppose, try not to give away parts of it because it was my thing. It was something that I was pushing my limits to do. And the day before, I was like, no, I don't have the support that I need from from around me to make this happen. So I was going to drop it from 5,000 euros back down to 2,000 euros and just be like, aim low. And then I was like, no, fuck it. You didn't come this far to aim low. So the 5,000 euros, I launched I launched it on Instagram what I was doing two days before I left. I think we'd reached 4,000 euros before I'd even got up on the bike. Oh, like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And the thing is, like, Chop Tom is a mental health charity. They have a support service in Kilkenny here. Um, it's a walk-in service. Adults, children. Children can bring in adults. Adults can bring in children. It's just an amazing walk-in service, complete confidentiality. They have a text service as well. It's just something that I couldn't believe isn't isn't available outside, like in the public realm. Like this is solely self-supported through fundraising, through the community. And um, a lot of it as well is that people, like when you're fundraising, it's overwhelming to think the support that was got because a lot of it is people supporting you and a lot of it is people supporting the charity. They are intertwined. But just to see the people that row in behind you and just to see like around Ireland, like it just shows how prevalent an issue mental health is and how close to home it is for everybody that people around Ireland donated as I went. Um, like, so like, I think by the time I got up to Donegal, we were at about 9,000 euros and I met with Siobhan, I met with, Sinead Hegarty, which you helped me arrange, and my God, she was just, she was just inspirational. Uh, like we met for coffee, and it was a bit in the hotel I was in, and I was wrecked after the day cycling, and I suppose she was a bit bewildered as to how how <laughs> how she'd been coerced into going there to meet me for a coffee and a chat. And we were in having a coffee and a chat, and a few fans of Sinead were came over, and it was kind of it was kind of a little awkward. It just felt kind of fixed, but then Sinead turns around to me and goes. Do you want to come to pay? Do you want to come for dinner with my parents? <laughs> and I was like, and I just broke it down completely. So you know, yeah. both of us just became who we were then, and we got into her little red car with her, and we went off and had dinner with her parents. But she said to me, like, "What's your aim? How much do you hope to raise?" And I was like, 10 grand." And she just banged the table, pointed me in the face, and went, 15 grand. Fifteen grand is what you're aiming for." Jeez, yeah. And we made it to 15 grand. But it's that kind, they're, they're the kind of people you want to surround yourself with, like yourself as well. It's You want to surround yourself with people that want you to make you do better and be better. And people that you don't need to see every day are relationships that don't take any maintenance. But like we have such a little group of hype men and women around us that as soon as you want to do something where when I went to, when I went to Thailand or when I went on the cycle, that my fear was of people disabling you from doing it. Now I have a community of people that enable me to do these things and we all do. Yeah. And it's an incredible, incredible asset to have on your belt. Like I, I tried to think of the communities that we have around you, whether it's, and this was what came so prevalent on the cycle, whether it's like, I used to be, we'll say a boy racer when I was younger. And like, not that I'd have shame in it or anything, but or in the GA club that like I never succeeded in or in my workplaces. But all these are like force fields around you, each of them communities. And they all have special skills and talents to help you on your way around. Like the people that came out of the woodwork to help me on the cycle in some of the situations I was in, it relied on every community I've ever been part of. And that's where the strength is in doing these things. Whereas I was recluse before I left and had to say, it's only me by myself going on a solo unsupported cycle around Ireland. It was never solo. It was never unsupported. I had the world on the bike with me. That's what I always say. I had hundreds and hundreds of people on that bike with me. And I often thought, geez, if I went to throw myself to the ground here now, I think somebody would catch me before I hit it. <laughs> and I suppose this is the thing is like that we, we all think when we're going off on these, um, whatever these races or adventures that, you know, I'm going, I'm going by myself or, you know, I'm doing this by myself. The truth is you need support. You need, 
whether the people aren't there with you, you know, it would be great to say, okay, I'm just going to be going away here. I'm going to leave my phone. I'm going to talk to no one and I'm going to just do something by myself. But the truth is like, we're, we have the support around us, like the people that support us and what we do, the people that encourage us and what we do. And, you know, just like going back to like when Sinead said to you, like the 15 grand and, you know, we all take, we all take pride in what Sinead does now with her work through mental health and, positive talking and like you know she says say your goals out loud and that would have been something i would never have done before i would never tell anyone what i'm doing because i would have been shamed to be like no i shouldn't be telling people because it's not you know i it's it's stupid it's stupid what i'm doing like how it's not going to come true but she firmly believes that whatever we say and we put it out to the universe is that it will it will attract you will attract it and that's how like what you just said about having the people around you it it enables you and like we are fortunate now and i i like I would have said to myself maybe five or ten years when I see all these other people doing amazing things that we're never going to be able to to join that that group of people and like I'm not saying we're there yet but we have people around us that are doing all these things and we have our community that we can rely on and we can we can call on for advice at any stage you know you can you have yeah. a running group you have the people in the group you have the people that are on on your case and uh, they they help us to accomplish these things like through whatever through advice through support through whatever it is we need and we, we kind of know who to call on and with the mental health thing with uh, Chuck Tom again I suppose that a lot of us are you know afraid to ask ask for help or afraid to ask for advice that, that's the thing yeah and it's like with the cycle like there's so many occurrences on the cycle Adrian, that I just can't explain how it worked out mm. how it came to fruition um there was there was people that I met there was a guy I met in one of my hardest times on the cycle, trying to cycle up Connor Pass with my luggage on the bike, Ireland's highest mountain pass with the luggage on the bike. And I was, and it was a warm, warm day. And I was after cycling by Inch Beach through Dingle, around Slay Head, back through Dingle. And then I said, fuck it, I'm taking on this hill now and I'm going on to Tralee. And I met a guy going up that hill and he was like a guardian angel. He said to me, tuck in behind me, brother. We'll get up this hill together. And this guy was flying up behind me. I said, this lad's going to blow me off the road now. I was nearly ashamed. But he said, tuck in behind me, brother. I've got you. And he broke the wind for me getting up that hill. 100 kilometers down the road the next day, I went to start my cycle. I'd thrown one leg over the bike. I felt really weak and vulnerable that day setting off. Um, and as I threw my leg over the bike, a car stopped dead beside me and a man said out the window, Stephen, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm going about cycling on or whatever. And he's like, I met you on Connor Pass. I was that cyclist on the bike in front of you. That was a hundred kilometers from here. Yeah. Like, what's the chances of that? Like, and that's exactly who I needed to see at that moment. Cause I was having that same moment of weakness as I was and doubt that as I was going up that hill a hundred kilometers away the day before yeah. and he just empowered me like you know I knew he was with me for the rest of the day there but I suppose the thing with Chop Tom and break the cycle was you know I had to do something outside of my comfort zone I had to hardwire rewire myself and my thinking to get back on track to where I wanted to be in life and I couldn't have done that alone. And that's the thing. I headed off like it was literally the cycle was jumping first and learning to fly on the way down because I thought setting off in Kinsale that I was going to be on my own cycling around. Nobody was going to care. Nobody was going to give a damn. But that's so indicative of my mental health journey as well. Yeah. You don't think anybody cares. You don't think anybody will help. But as soon as you put out a hand, them communities, like as soon as you have a hollow, them communities will move into fill it. Yeah. And all them little times you gave when you were strong, you get back when you were weak. And on the cycle, it taught me you need to ask. You need to ask for help. Like I asked for anything I needed on the way around. I started off in Kinsale without a plan, which people don't believe. People were asking me, where are you going to be? in two days time, where are you staying? If it was a Monday, they, they asked me, where are you staying Wednesday night? I didn't know. I didn't know where I'd be staying. I had my tent on my bike, 
which I only ended up sleeping in eight out of the 28 nights. Jesus, incredible. Every other night I was supported. People thought I was fucking eating beans on, on the side of the road in a tent behind a ditch. Most of the evenings I was eating steak in somebody's front front room, being pampered and spoiled and given breakfast the next day and sent off because when you're trailblazing, people want to see the best for you. And raising the money for charity was absolutely overwhelming to be able to raise that amount. But it wasn't me. Like, you know, I was the vessel for doing it, but it was people's want to help. And like that's what you see the whole way around. And it's what I'd love to shout from the rooftops to somebody who is going through a struggle is that everybody wants to help. Like you might meet, like if, if somebody doesn't help, it's not because they don't want it. It's because they can't. And that's a really strong thing to remember too. But there was nobody on the way around. I remember down outside Clare somewhere, I cycled out this peninsula and came back in four hours later. I was dehydrated. I was starving with the hunger. I couldn't go on any further. And there was this, big tattooed Maori looking lad on the side of the road. And I had to ask him, I was like, geez, man, anywhere around here that I could get a sandwich or anything. He's like, you're 30 kilometers from the nearest shop. Oh, like, Hold on. I was like, I was like, could, any chance you could fill up my water bottle? And he was like, yeah, hold on here. And he came back out with my water bottle and a fucking lovely sandwich on a plate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, and that- I was like, it's like God is sending a gift, a gift to you, like in your moment of need, like anything like, you know, I'm sure like because there's been plenty of ups and downs as you were coming around and people, like you said, are willing to help, you know, and you ask for help. And I suppose it's something that you you built up a tolerance to was asking for help, like because it is difficult for anyone to reach out and ask for help. And that was the whole point of doing the cycle was to break this stigma around yeah. not being able to ask like because you know I'm, but I, I I will do it like I will I will now ask for help and it's very hard but I, I'm lucky enough I have the right friends to ask for help as well you know yeah but Adrian like everything is intertwined like that asking for help when you're not feeling well is the same as the first step in marathon is the same as booking the flights to Thailand is the same as getting down to Kinsale to go on my journey around Ireland it's the initiation is 99% of it. Yeah. Like after that, the path leads itself. And like I was saying that I didn't know when I was going cycling around Ireland, where I was going next, what was going to happen down the road. But all you can do is get up on your bike and start pedaling and stay pedaling and (laughs) enjoy the experiences. And like, you know, it's madness. Like, People were so frustrated at me. They're like, what do you mean you don't know where you're? Surely you're going to know where you are in two days. I'm like, in two days, I could be 200 kilometers, 300 kilometers up the road. In two days, I might have fallen off the bike when I got going. I might only be 50 meters up the road. It's like trust in the process. Yeah. You know, it'll it'll come through. And it's enjoying the journey. And like, if we, like, you know, we say to ourselves, if, when you start to look, if you were looking at Kinsale, so when you left Kinsale and you had gone up to Donegal and you were coming around on the county down and down, like coming down on that side of the country, on the north, so east, <laughs> the yeah, east side I, of the I country. Left, right, left. And like, you know, you're coming yeah. down and you're like, oh, I'm only, I have 10 days to go, I, I like to Kinsale. When you start looking at, the destination you, you don't enjoy you will not enjoy the journey and that doesn't mean that you have no. to like cycle ficking another 500 or 600 kilometers it's like i just need to get to the next kilometer i need to get to the next town and settle there and yeah. go again and go again and i think that's that's relatable for absolutely everything that we do and people yeah. whether it's like you want to get your first client whether like you said at the start about reading the first page of a book the to read a book you have to read the first page and it will yeah. it will grow from that and like we said we put in we implement in like little steps so i suppose as you you were coming down the country then and you, you started getting closer to home what was what were the emotions like with you and in your head knowing I that suppose, this, the end was near yeah people were i just started enjoying myself for a lot like because i was so strict with myself when i left about you know about getting to the next location about proving myself about about cashing the check that I was after writing that I forgot to enjoy myself for the first bit of carry and again do you know what I kind of buying into the fear of the unknown but as I moved on I knew that wasn't an issue and what became my biggest worry 
probably halfway into the cycle was the day, like the day that I began to fear most was the first day that I finished the cycle. Yeah. Like, because I knew I was finishing it. Like, you know, the challenge, the challenge of will I finish it or not finish it was gone because I knew, I knew with 1500 meters to go that, or 1500 meters, 1500 kilometers to go that, you know, that I had it in the bag. It was just a matter of just following the steps that I set out. But um, yeah, it was the fear of the unknown. It was real life because fuck me, real life is scary. Like, you know, any of these challenges you might think is scary. I find real life very scary. And it was a life I was going back to. Like I kind of created this surreal world around me of support and motivation and purpose. Purpose is the main thing that I got from the cycle and value, self-worth. I just said, like coming back from Thailand, when you're at your peak fitness, you're tanned, you've had an amazing experience. It's how you reintegrate back into life as you know it. And it's not just how you go back to your life. It's what you bring with you and what you're going to bring forward and how you kind of bottle the essence of that experience and use it in your life going forward. And I did. I did have lows when I got back, like... I was kind of like, will we go again? <laughs> like, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, Back on the bike. But it's just, you know, yeah, it's just like that feeling at the end of a party or something or the end of the night in the nightclub when the lights go on. Do you know, like, you can say that you have to go home and, you know, like, you can say that you can get down over that or you can be happy for everything that you've had and you've created. And, it, you know, it, it develops you as a person and it's, like, it's, it's just amazing. And I suppose from the cycle, I want to, sports person at the month award yeah. here in Kilkenny. That's, like, that's actually know. something that's that's there as well that I was like I, I wanted to ask you about but I suppose yeah. when, when you finished look you finished in um you, you came back to Kinsale now there's there's a very proud moment when you do finish and like I said you got very emotional your parents were there and you had set the targets like with the charity and everything else and like what by the end of it like you know this is it's the lull of like we've had all this time to think about the event we've done yeah. the event and it goes back to like, no matter whether it's a marathon, you've trained for weeks for it and then the marathon's over in four hours, but there is this come down and it is how we deal with it. And like, just what you said there by like, and I love love what you just said is like, we bring those things forward. And it's like, even when we move destinations, like it's like, how do you, someone said to me, how do you implement parts of your life? Like say when I wasn't, when I don't feel, when I wasn't, when I was actually feeling down about being here in Perth, because I was like, oh, well, I'm after yeah. losing this, the side of Thailand and Bali the kind of lifestyle I had. And then a girl said to me, how can you implement stim little parts of that life into your life that you do have now? And it, it like struck a card with me and I wasn't long getting the book, the, the pen and paper out going, okay, what is it? Can I be doing that can bring these parts forward? Because if you leave everything behind, you are going to hit a yeah. brick wall and it, it's going to be like a little downhill slope for a couple of weeks until you pull the finger out again, realizing, okay, I, I shouldn't be doing, I shouldn't feel like this again. Yeah. But like you even know we're traveling, like, 99% of what you have and what you own can't be put in a suitcase. It can't be put in a box. It can't be bought or sold. Yeah. It's the experiences you have. It's the people you have around you. And it was like like my worries about what I'll do when the cycle finishes. Mm -hmm. It was literally the most emotional moment of my life. When I got to Kinsale, back to the Bullman, to the finish line of the race, the whole challenge, it was like something from a fucking Avengers film every like my family were there my friends were there connor mel owen all people i'd met along the journey were there even people that weren't physically there just the sense of how many people were there there were thousands of people there at the finish line for me yeah like it was just incredible and that just goes to show like the worries i had about what about the next day what about the next day it'd be like just what about today? Like, you know, today, today is the next day. Your life is one block. It's not like segments as such. Like, you know, you create things and they stay with you. You don't have to have people who are like to me, would you not write a blog about it? Would you not write a book about it, uh, about the cycle around? I'm like, the memories I have in my head is all I need. Like the important stuff stays with me. Yeah. If it's not important, I might forget about it. I might be reminded about it, but this was my experience. It's not for social media. Everything I shared on social media, I suppose, was for charity, for memories. But the posts that I wrote, 
I wrote to myself to remind myself of what I'd done, how I felt. And like, that's the thing. Like, and that it wasn't going to be the making or the breaking of me, this event. It's in a long line of events. And, you know, I've more things that I want to accomplish. I've a lot learned. I've a lot of learning to do. But like my worries at that time, even looking back now, like emotionally, I'm stable. I wasn't at the time. I have a great career at the moment. I've loved ones all around me. I'm succeeding at the sports, at training, at the discipline that I've, the discipline I've enacted. Um, I'm in a great place. Yeah. I couldn't have told myself, even at the finish line, that I would be. But what I could have told myself at that finish line was, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Don't fluff over it. Don't, don't be putting the weight of the world on your own shoulders because like, the world would do that itself anyway. Yeah. You know, just fucking everything will be okay. Just enact that first step, whether it be the cycle, going to Thailand, a marathon. Yeah. All these things are never as hard. And for me personally, it's actually something I really want to say is that the hardest day, the hardest days of my life weren't in any of these events. The hardest days of my life were days when I couldn't get out of bed, when I couldn't see the point in, in integrating with the world, when I was just in a low, low place and I thought nobody cared. Um, they were the hardest days and no other days compared to it. So when supporting people, I think it's really important. Just don't support people at the height of their glory. Well, do obviously support people, but... Think of the people that are that burning ember that just need you to blow on them just to get them going again. You know, get the fire going yes. and, and then they can feed the fire after that. And people people will see it. People will know when you're kind of gone on the missing list, like a small bit. It's like, okay, where is he? You know, we haven't, you know, he's he's after yeah. doing this big thing. Okay, maybe he's taking some time off. But, you know, this is where, like, we need to check in with each other. And that's what, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm lucky enough. I try to do it quite a bit. I've definitely fallen off the wagon with it the last couple of weeks. I haven't rang anyone barely tell you the truth um so yeah. it's like you know it's trying to get back to that again just checking in on people because you don't realize when you do ring a friend or text them and it's like oh geez thanks for thanks for messaging me like it's such a simple little yeah. thing and you know it's like yeah like there was so much that you would have learned from from that and you know like you said at the end of it again and like you're rewarded with the sports person award like and everything like i know it's like yeah i know you don't want awards but like it's it's great that you know you were recognized for the charity work more so than anything else like you know and that's what it is no it was great it was great that to show how far i've come like like i was saying from from being that heavy child that wasn't picked for any sports teams that thought like you know sport is where you receive praise and acknowledgement and if you're not good at that like you know you're cast aside you know, it's it's a message to my childhood self that, you know, that you can be anything you want. You can do anything you want. Um, like, it's amazing what we can do. And, like, even on the cycle, I realized, fuck me, this is probably only 30% of what I'm capable of. Yeah. And it's a scary thought. Like, you know, even <laughs> though you're at your peak, like, when that fire burns inside in you, you realize, like, I there was times that I said, if I pedal hard enough, I bet you I can take air with this bike. <laughs> we can fly. Like, but that is how empowered you can feel in these yeah. situations. And the same with the running. Like, I remember even when I was coming up the hill yesterday, at the end of my, I have all these games I play on myself. Like, you might have seen that I write n n notes all over my arms to, like, when things get weak, when, when times get tough, that I have these notes. But I just remember coming up the hill of the last segment of it and i just went choo choo motherfucker <laughs> roared it to myself <laughs> and as i was powering up the hill i don't know why but that's just like a simmering over of like of of the essence of what all these things are like you know it's oh. just it's yeah it's just that's what you want like you know you just want to kind of be in the red zone <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is like what i this is what i said at the start of the podcast is like is this there is this thing in you that's like this mad wild young fella as well that just yeah. wants to push it and like you know that's that's what i love about you but look steven what what is it that is next for you like what what is the next next thing are you focusing more on your your career or have you got a running event coming up uh, and we'll just finish it on that just let us know what what it is you are going to do next um at the minute it's keeping a balance of everything to be honest i'm just kind of I'm in a real harmonious stage in my life at the moment. It's it's just like 
I suppose with lockdown, with all the changes that have went on, life is just good at the moment and I really want to just embrace it. But trail running is uh, where I want to go now, endurance events. I think it's what we're all going towards and I think we're all going towards that light. Yeah. But uh, I want to get out and see what distances I can run now. Like I know I can run fast, yeah. but I want to see if I can run far. And <laughs> again, before the end of the year, I want to do a 100 kilometer race, but... I don't know. Once once I start training now, you'd never know what we can sign up for or what we might do. <laughs> well, there's only one thing to do, yeah. and that that is sign up for it first of all. And then you know you have to do yeah. it. So then ain't nothing to it but to do it. Yeah, well, that's that exactly it. But anyway, Stephen, look, come here to me, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're an absolute star, and it was an absolute pleasure to to meet you in Thailand and to stay in contact with you and to be able to invite you on here and have an open and honest conversation like two friends yeah, it it's brilliant. absolutely brilliant but come here to me where can people find you let us know i suppose um instagram underscore stephen murphy underscore underscore um or yeah that's about it really <laughs> i'm like i'm not an influencer or anything. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if anybody's looking for me just ask adrian for number. that's it <laughs> well, I, i'm sure i'm but, sure uh, they'll be able to find you i'll write some kind of little message into the bottom of this podcast at the end of it <laughs> is that what they do, do. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know who's it just to make it out that i'm i'm somebody of some substance no but, uh, <laughs> but come here to me I... i'm an i'm an average joe and it's like that's the whole thing again listen about the cycle it's like there's nothing i'm common as muck anybody can do it and anybody can do these things so like you know just fucking dip the toe or if there's something you want to do just do it that's it yeah that's you're 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 dead right when it comes to this like we're all capable of doing these things it's just like yeah you just need to take the first step please take that first yeah, step just, take action reach out for help if you ever want help with running or or anything else and you have any questions yeah. please reach out to me Stephen will be glad to help yeah. you out like don't be shy i'd love to help if anybody had any questions about anything i've done or they're thinking of doing an event or anything to do with fundraising events yeah. endurance cycles even if anybody wants information on something i've no idea about i'll give you <laughs> loads of information yeah. on that <laughs> legend come here Stephen. thank you very much man you're an absolute pleasure to to talk to oh, and, uh, i'll be talking to you again very soon i'm sure brilliant tell catherine i was asking i her. will indeed hi take care bye-bye <laughs> bye bye-bye